Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Are you considering an abortion or have you had one and you're trying to get some healing from that experience? We're glad you tuned in today. I want to introduce our guest. Her name is Kim Katola. Hi, Kim. Hi. Nice. Her name used to be Kim Jeffrey. She was a radio personality here in the Twin Cities, but now she has a ministry for people who have been affected by abortion. So God bless you. And Kim, before we jump into the whole interview, I always like to ask our guest, how did you come to know Christ? Uh, actually, I had been divorced. Okay. I had a, a foundational teaching. Uh, I was raised in the church, but I didn't understand it didn't get it at all. My concept, my takeaway was God is angry about sin and I can't be good and please him so I'm just going to try to ignore and hide from God. Okay. So that was my MO as a young adult. And what brought you to Christ? Uh, well, I, I, I married and um, had a couple of kids and the relationship did not have any foundation in Christ. It was all emotion, and there were issues on all sides and a lot of baggage that had come into that marriage. And when it fell apart, I knew I needed to do better for my kids. So I went to try to get my life right, and I met a friend in a 12-step group, actually, who was a Christian and introduced me to the Lord. Okay. She spoke 1 John 1, 8 and 9 over me. Which is? If we confess, if we confess our, our sins, Jesus Christ is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you had an abortion. I did. Was that before or after your conversion? That was earlier, yes, I'm 23. When you had that abortion, did you sense anything was wrong with this? Or did you think, no, mm. God is okay with this? Mm. How did you see that? Going into it, it was not a moral decision at all. It was problem solving. I didn't reflect on whether it was right or wrong. I did ask, is it a baby? Um, I was, you know, ignorant about fetal development. And so when people said, no, it's just tissue, I went with that. And um, so... Was this a Planned Parenthood place or...? It's like that. No, okay. it was a standalone facility. Okay. But my loved ones said the same thing to me. They did? They did. They were trying to protect me, you know. I mean, I was in a relationship and the young man said he wasn't going to marry me like I thought he was. Okay. And, um, I was 23. So you did it and didn't, did you feel guilt at all? Well, here's what happened. And you know, I've talked with so many, I've talked with hundreds of men and women who've had abortions. And I believe this is a move of the Holy Spirit when this happens. Because when the abortion was about to take place, the attendant took my hand and asked, are you all right? And I was trying to move through the day in a very detached way, just get through it, you know, no eye contact. Mm. But that woke me up. And I suddenly knew it was wrong. Right in the abortion clinic? Yes. Wow. Right before it was to take place. Oh my. I was prepped and ready to go. And I really believe that was the Holy Spirit uh -huh. providing Trying a way. Trying to stop. Providing it. a way. Yeah. And I lay there and I thought, I'm not all right. I need to get up. I need to stop. Uh, but I didn't have any character mm -hmm, development. Mm -hmm, I didn't have mm -hmm. the wherewithal. Okay. This fiance was out in the waiting room. So okay. 
I had to, walking away, I knew that I had put my life before the life of another innocent human being. And did you eventually marry that fiance? We did not. Not. Okay. So that's, you're 23 when that happened. Mm -hmm. When did you convert to Christ? I was 38. 38. And so for those 15 years, did you think about it or? Tried not to. Okay. I think when, when did you deal with the what's, Lord on what, that? What's pretty typical yeah. is you go through a cycle of denial and despair. Okay. So you say, well, it was the best I could do. There wasn't anything else I could do. Uh, you justify, you do all these things to deny the real problem. And then when that stops working, you become completely despairing, thinking you're condemned. You, did I send a baby to hell? Am I going to hell? Mm -hmm. So there was this cycle. You cycle did, through that. And during those 15 years, did you ever pray? Um, no. Okay. So then you come to know Christ. No. And then when did you deal with I did something wrong. How did that all happen after your conversion? Well, my, my conversion was very much um, being saved from hell. Uh, it was salvation. That'll I, work. I, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> okay. You know, I was so relieved. Oh, yeah. And, I was, and it was for me. For the first time in my life, I understood. And again, because this friend said, Kim, if you were the only one, he would have come to die for you. In your sense. He loves you. Yeah, there you go. And you only need to confess it once. Mm -hmm. You don't need to keep you know, right. punishing yourself and keep yeah. confessing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's finished. Yeah. And so that truth dawned in my heart, really as I pondered who Christ is, mm -hmm. pondered his character. Well, mm -hmm. what is that heart like if he can be that way toward me? And so as I began to learn about him, the truth dawned in my heart, okay. so to okay. a place where I could accept it. That's why I think abortion and other problems like it are discipleship issues. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. so ignorant. Yeah. But in that period of attrition, before the abortion was redeemed, uh, it still troubled me greatly. I still felt I needed to keep it a secret. It was a source of shame. Okay. It was a source of deep shame because what? it was an act of cowardice. All right. Then you come to Christ. Then you get forgiven. What caused you to go public with your story? Because a lot of people get forgiven, but they never go public with it. What caused you to go public? A call from the Lord. Okay. So it was very much like Isaiah's experience where I felt a touch of the Lord and then I said, here Jeremiah I am. Send me. Yes, and, uh, and I felt the Lord say to me, Pastor Tom, tell them I love them. Mm. You know, this was the call that he put on me that as he unveiled what the true meaning of the cross is for me because you know we were I was at a discipleship retreat and they were enacting the passion for us and they asked us to inject ourselves into the drama you know who are you are you the weeping women are you like Pilate's wife who has some supernatural knowledge but no foundation to stand on mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter that mm -hmm. you know truth mm -hmm. are you like Pilate just trying to you know save yourself in this mess mm -hmm. and I really saw that the state of my spiritual life was most like those who had gambled for his cloak mm. because I had that salvation that I had wrapped myself in, but he was not the goal of my faith. And I saw how selfish that was and still how craven and cowardly that had been. And as I, and they were singing this refrain, the, those enacting the passion for us were singing this refrain, Whatsoever you do to, to the, the least, least of my brethren, that you do unto me. Yeah. Only they use the word children, to the least of my children. And God just broke through, Ooh. and I became brave. And I, 
I realized I did not want him suffering for my sin in that way. Lord, please. And this, this is the part of the story that still can make me very emotional because it's an incredible act of mercy that he would die for me. Amen. That's everything. And that he would embolden me to come before him and speak the entire truth. To others. Right. Yeah. It, to him first. Yeah. To admit it to him without yeah. excuse. And then to be able to say, my shame is lifted so I can share that good news with others. It's just uh, well, let's just a stop joy. For, let's just stop for a minute. And Kim, look at that camera. And if there's somebody watching this show who is considering an abortion, what would you want to say to that person? That camera. Oh, okay. Um, the unborn are fully human. Mother's intuition is real. That thought somewhere in your mind and heart that says that this is a life, even if you can't yet think of it as your child, that's the truth. And it's a God-given knowledge. And it can be extremely difficult to feel as though your entire future is threatened by a pregnancy. But I want you to trust God and reach out for the help that you need, whether through the pregnancy help movement or someone in your church or a trusted Christian. Um, and if someone suggests to you that the best answer would be to eliminate this pregnancy and get on with your life, it'll be as if it never happened. Those types of statements were made to me. Please continue to seek help that will be life-affirming, mm -hmm. that will allow you to, um, to do the right thing. That's what our grandparents used to talk about mm -hmm. a generation ago, do the right thing. All right, let's ask the second question. Look at that camera. And if somebody <laughs> has had an abortion, what would you say to that person? Jesus loves you. It can be really difficult to accept the forgiveness that he has already achieved for us because I think our emotional wires get crossed and we confuse guilt with grief, particularly if we haven't yet accepted the fact that a life was lost. It's very difficult to grieve someone you never met and someone the world says was just tissue. But it's possible to grieve, it's possible to put away the guilt, it's possible to be free, to enjoy a pleasant memory of having been a mother of this child, and it's possible to look forward with joy to the hope of seeing your child again in heaven. I have all these hopes from Christ and the Holy Spirit, and He's no respecter of persons, and not because I'm special. It's because that's who He is, and that's His will for us. Good. Thank you, Kim. And, you know, uh, what are the statistics of people in the church having abortion? Do you know the answer to that? It's no different than outside of the Ouch. church. But if Ouch. you think about this, there are, it's really <sighs> no different uh, among addictions. It's no different among divorce. Yeah. You know, faith doesn't necessarily inoculate us yeah. from sin. Well, you know what, and just, what grieves me though, Kim, there are some denominations, the mm. Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Presbyterian Church USA, the Episcopal Church. Some of these, uh, the, one of the reasons my congregation left the ELCA, when you put money in the plate that pays for your pastor's health care, they will pay for abortion for any reason for pastors and their families and their 16-year-old daughters with offering dollars. The, and, and when these churches won't stand up for life, no wonder we've got abortion in the churches. I don't know if they're blinded and our Lord has done that and giving them over to it. I don't know if they are operating out of a counterfeit compassion that says this is what women need. 
Um, because after all, it'd be easier to pay off somebody's abortion than to actually get involved in her life and help her mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, but there, there, you're right. It's a much more grievous problem if you're leading others into that. Oh and you know, they, they, the Religious Council for Reproductive Choice, yes, wrote, made up of, of Protestant clergy, wrote their manifesto, Holy Abortion which is based on this idea that God gave women moral agency and therefore it's simply a matter of conscience. Yeah. And it is so contrary to scripture uh, that they would proof text yeah. in those ways. Yeah. And uh, that's why I, I always try to be careful. And you're right, people need to understand many pastors have led women to abortion. I know. And many, many pastors who are pro-life have inadvertently led women to abortion with you know, expelling students from school if you're pregnant and okay. unmarried. Okay. You know, the the clergy is a part what, of the problem. <laughs> and what what does if someone doesn't know what does the Bible say about abortion? Well, the Bible is, prohibits abortion on two very clear bases. First of all, we're made in God's image. Mm -hmm. Genesis one reiterated in James three, we are made in God's image. What God has made people have no right to destroy. So thou shalt not kill. And Exodus 20. Yep. And a third one. We shall, you can't shed innocent yep. blood. And then Psalm 139. God is w making that child in the womb. And Psalm 139 is very powerful against abortion. Well, it is. Uh, we don't necessarily, in pro-life apologetics, go to that text as often because of the poetic nature of okay. it. Okay. Um, and, you know, because then they'll say, well, did David actually go to the bottom of the sea? Mm -hmm. That's figurative language okay. knit okay. together in the womb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give anybody and out. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> but I also don't want to give, yeah. uh, this is what I used to encounter when I was doing a daily talk show in Christian radio. Uh, the Bible's silent on abortion. Jesus never said anything about it. So again, it's a matter of conscience. But if, you, if you're really following that line of thought with a sincere heart, mm -hmm. and you're not just trying to justify, really stop and consider that Silence doesn't equal consent. Abs I mean, he never said anything about rape. Right. He never said anything about incest. Exactly. He never said anything about bestiality. Therefore, I can have sex with whatever. I don't think so. Well, and there would have been no need to say anything right. to that culture because... Yeah. He was an Old Testament Jew. He believed in the Old Testament. And children were a blessing. Yeah, they were. And the, yeah. a woman without a child was considered cursed. Yeah. And so there would be, it'd be like us trying to say, you know, we need to legislate that siblings not kill one another. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why would we need to do that? Well, Everybody is, understands that's wrong. What should the church be doing to help pr prevent abortion or bring healing after an abortion? What should the church be doing? Well, the church needs to understand the case for life from science and philosophy, not only from theology, because so many, we're in a post-Christian world, mm -hmm. right? So many will reject the Bible truth, mm -hmm. and they'll say, what is truth? They'll object, the idea that, object to the idea that truth exists, yeah. right? So we've got to make the case from science, which is, you know, embryology teaches us from conception forward, the embryo is a distinct, living, and whole human being. Right, and so the moral case is simply this. It's wrong to intentionally kill an innocent human being. Abortion intentionally kills an innocent human being, therefore abortion is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, the church needs to teach that, needs to understand it, needs to believe it, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then needs to also, I think, Pastor Tom, seminaries I think are lacking in being able to um, help 
pastors understand the, the fact that these children are received by the Lord into heaven. Mm -hmm. I think that is a sticking point that keeps them from preaching the issue. Okay. They haven't resolved that matter in their own hearts. Okay. They haven't poured over the scriptures to find their answers to where they can teach the issue. And I think that's a real missing piece. Okay. There's, well, an, there's an education that needs to happen there rather than any sort of ideological divide. Okay. Um, Kim, if uh, you know, I think there are two, also two extremes. One extreme is nothing is wrong with what I did. I don't need for forgiveness. Nothing is wrong. The other extreme is God can't forgive me of this. I've killed a human being. And so if someone is, is just struggling, look, I know I did wrong. I believe in Christ. I just can't seem to get forgiveness. Do you have any thoughts on how they can get that assurance that their sins are forgiven? Well, again, I think what happens is women memorialize the pain. So, and I did this for a very long time. I, I, I became a Christian uh, and I knew that I was forgiven of my sin mm -hmm. and yet I clutched to the abortion. So why? You know, some people have suggested, well, you think you're above the cross. That don't go there with okay. a woman who's had an abortion. So what did bring you the assurance that your sins are forgiven? That my child is in heaven with the Lord. Okay. And it's all right for me to release that. Okay. And look forward to Christ being that bridge of okay. heavenly hope for me. Yep. See, because I had no, I had no, back in the day, I didn't have an ultrasound. To me, this is extremely troubling that young women are getting an ultrasound and keeping that as a token before they have an abortion. Oh. I mean, I understand it. Oh my. But I had no such token. So the only thing that I had to remind myself that I was a mother of that child was the pain of having oh. lost the child to okay. abortion. Okay. So if I was forgiven and that was just over, now the whole experience was going to be over. Okay. Again, ignorance, lack of discipleship, and confusing grief and guilt. Yep. But once those things had been sorted out, and once I, um, and, and the Bible, I want to be clear about this. The Bible, I can't take you to a text that says, children who die before birth or as infants go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Children who die without baptism, without mm -hmm. professing faith. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, mm -hmm. but there's nothing in scripture that precludes it. Okay. Okay. Right, the mercy of God, yep. I believe, surely extends to those children. And, and there's nothing in scripture that prevents that. And you know, I'll tell you what I think helps too. Confess <clears> your <throat> sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed, James chapter five. Amen. And then Jesus gives the church the authority, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whoever sins you retain. So I mean, I had a woman come up at the altar after church once crying and had an abortion. And they do this in the Catholic church, they do this in the Lutheran church, not as much as they should, but you hear the confession, she says, and I put my hand on her head, and I say, I announce to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For some reason, that breaks it for some people. Mm. And so there is a power in what's called the office of the keys, where God, Jesus said to the apostles, you know, whatever you loose is loose, whatever you forgive is forgiven. And, and sometimes, it doesn't have to be a pastor, sometimes you just have, need to hear another Christian tell you, right. your sins are forgiven. And I think there's, there are a couple of other dynamics in play. I think that's very true. And I think the wisdom of confessing mm -hmm. to be healed is huge because it's often so silenced and stigmatized and taboo mm -hmm. that 
shame grows up around it and yep. again you attach to the shame yep. now you can't tell anyone about it mm -hmm. you're nurturing your secret instead of your mm -hmm. relationships with mm -hmm. people you feel nobody really knows me because I have this yeah. big secret yeah. so all of those things contribute to the baggage of not feeling forgiven and mm -hmm. so on mm -hmm. but I think the other you know the other things that that can come into it are when we're when we're going through this and and we're trying to figure out how we're going to talk about it you know um, if I can't if I can't tell you who I really am how can I ever possibly receive the truth mm -hmm. and so it's almost there's there's actually a trauma attached to abortion whether or not it was physically traumatic because there's been a life lost I mean as a pastor you may have been present when people have died Mm -hmm. You know, some of us have had family members die. Mm -hmm. It's traumatic, even mm -hmm. if it was a very peaceful passing. Right. You know, I mean, it was there when my mother died, and this wave of nausea. It was very peaceful. Yeah. It was a beautiful death, but then this nausea yeah. because yeah. it's still a death. It's yeah. out of our control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so there's trauma, mm -hmm. and sometimes if I don't feel forgiven, it's trauma that needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's not going to happen through talk therapy. There's going to yeah. have to be some other and intervention. There are retreats for women that mm -hmm. have had abortions. And can you tell us about any of those? Is there a, a reference that you can give us? Sure. Well, Rachel's Vineyard is an international retreat ministry. Okay. Very interesting ministry. Teresa Burke is a clinician. She's a psychotherapist who started, uh, she was doing a practicum uh, with an, a group of women who had eating disorders. And one day, one of the women disclosed an abortion, and six of the eight women around the circle also said oh, they had had an really? abortion. Okay. And the, the range of emotions on display was very wide. Oh, one no. woman curled in the fetal position, one woman got up and stared out the window, oh, one got very angry and stormed oh, out. Oh. So she went to her supervisor and said, I want to pursue this and see about a connection, and he shut her down. He said, no, hmm. we're not here for that. Hmm. So she developed the Rachel's Vineyard Rachel's Retreat Vineyard. as a result. And what she found is because of this root of trauma, um, they, they need to be exposed to the scripture, exposed to the love of Christ, you know, whether it would be um, music and, yep. you know, other things that are not just me telling you my story once more. But writing is very helpful. And so people can Google Rachel's Vineyard Ra if they yes. need to go. And you know, give us... And I've not, I've not been to that okay. retreat, but, uh -huh. but I, you know, I am very comfortable endorsing it okay. based on the people I, that I I've too, spoken with. I am too, from what with. I know. And the pregnancy resource centers have Bible studies. Right. If like, you don't want to go to a retreat. There's all kinds of crisis pregnancy mm -hmm. centers that are biblically based. Yes. There's, they're in the Twin Cities everywhere. And tell us, this is your book called Cradle my heart uh tell what's this book all about and how do people <laughs> get it and etc <laughs> well when i started telling my testimony i was um you know i was working in general market radio i was working at wcco radio and uh i really had been in such denial i thought well is, does anyone need this story <laughs> a million women every year are choosing abortion oh yeah you know, of course there's a need for it. Yep. But as I began to educate myself and started speaking out, um, I ended up joining Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's daughter, uh, in a conference ministry, presenting a workshop on this issue. Well, a workshop's not sufficient, but we could get people started on the process. And the way that we did that 
was to take them to the healing encounters that Jesus Christ had with people, particularly where there was also shame. Uh -huh. in, in anybody in need of healing, I guess, in biblical times, they would have had some shame, uncleanness, right, mm -hmm. attached to it. Mm -hmm. So but we took a look at the, at the personality, the ministry personality of Christ in the lame man at the pool, in the Samaritan woman, in the woman with the issue of blood, in Zacchaeus, all of these people who were not accepted in the mainstream and who needed Christ encountered him and walked away completely changed. Mm -hmm. How can we appropriate what happened in those, in those interactions applied to the problem of abortion? Okay. And so that's what the book takes you through, Great. those biblical encounters. Well, if somebody is watching this and either they're considering an abortion and they need to talk to someone or they've had it and they need to get some healing, uh, they, can they go to your website? Can you res or where should they go? Sure, cradlemyheart.org. Okay. Or it, option line is a 24/7 helpline. 1-800-712-HELP. And I think 1-800-712-HELP. All Christians should know that number. Is it for all kinds of issues or just abortion? For abortion. Okay. Or for well, unplanned pregnancy. For unplanned pregnancy, if you need to talk to somebody, either if, if you've already had it or are thinking about it. Yes. 1-800-712-HELP. Help. Yep. Good. And they will refer you to a pregnancy center near you that can help you with anything you need without cost. Okay. It's an amazing ministry. Many people don't know that it exists, wow. but there are over 3,000 pregnancy help centers okay. in the country um, helping women to have their children, uh, parent, or place for adoption, but to do the right thing. Good. Well, everybody, Cradle My Heart, uh, Kim Katola. Her website is, what's that again? Cradlemyheart.org. Cradlemyheart.org. And thank you so much, thank Kim, you. For, for coming on and being willing to share your story. It's, it's hard to do, but God bless you for doing it. And, uh, and everybody, we just want to um, invite you to pray for this TV show. We've been on nationally now for six years. And it costs a lot of money to mm. buy the airtime. You know that. Mm. So if, if the Lord nudges you to help us stay on the air, uh, you'll see an address in a minute. Or you can go to our website, pastorstudy.org. You can donate that way. Mainly, we ask you to pray for us. Pray for Kim and her ministry. Pray for an end to America in abortion, uh, abortion in America. Mm. What is it, 3500 a day? Yes. And probably more because of the abortion pill that we don't know yes. about. So it's just a blight on our nation. Pray for an end to America. Pray for a pro-life Supreme Court. Pray that somehow we get a, a handle on this. And again, if you've had an abortion, there is forgiveness through Christ. Talk to somebody. Claim 1 John 1, 9 that if you confess your sins are forgiven. Talk to a pastor, a priest, or just a Christian friend if you need to, to get that assurance. And also, um, if you are considering an abortion, 1-800-712-HELP. Very good. And <laughs> my aging it. brain even gets we that. We can do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, or go to Kim's website and, and check out her materials. But everybody, see you next week on The Pastor's Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor's Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.